Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Indianapolis, Indiana. Welcome to the show, Sterling White. Hello, everyone. You will want to keep your eyes and ears open, more of your ears open, actually, because there's going to be tons of little golden gems that are scattered throughout this episode. Great to have you here, Sterling. So for those of you who don't know you, why don't you take a moment and give a little bit of your backstory and how you got into this particular segment of multifamily apartments? Yeah. So just how I, uh, to start way back and I'll give everyone a spark note version. So grew up single mother, had a fraternal twin brother. It was just us, no father around. I grew up in subsidized housing, section eight, a welfare, and I'm sure of any other type of government assistance my mother didn't tell us about and grew up in the not so good parts of the city of Indianapolis where you wouldn't want to walk your dogs at night or even during the day. And so, so through that is, uh, anything that I wanted to have above me on just standard living had to figure out a way to earn money. So this is where the whole entrepreneurship came into existence, where first product was Kool-Aid, second was Pokemon cards. And then that's how I got started in the whole realm and then shifting to real estate. Fast forward 2009 on the construction side, got my hands dirty. That's when I fell in love with real estate, but not the construction necessarily. And then shortly after that, was able to find a mentor, was able to buy my first deal with no money out of pocket. I actually had negative funds in my bank account and my credit score wouldn't even register when you would pull it and uh, scaled up to 150 single families and then transitioned to multifamily where to date just own under 600 units. I love that. You know, we often talk about being in the right environment in order to accomplish anything in life. And Uh, I'm a firm believer that you need three things. Of course, you need the knowledge, uh, you need the emotional drive, and it sounds like you certainly had that. But the one thing that was not working in your favor is you were not in the right environment. You weren't hanging around with other real estate investors and real estate developers. How did you develop that relationship? Uh, That is a a great question. I would say, one, I had this, I wouldn't say aha moment, but this moment that just changed the trajectory of my life to where I really started feeding my mind positivity with the Earl Nightingales. That's dating myself a little bit. And then the uh, Tony Robbins. So I started with that. And then uh, I would say the universe in, in a way, as cliche as it sounds, but the CrossFit gym that I was actually working out at and I was bartering to have a membership there. So I would uh, clean the, clean around the gym. But there was a developer that was in real estate that happened to be there. So I always overheard his conversations. And just one day I approached him and said, hey, uh, let, I, I'm more than happy to be of service to you. I'm willing to even work for free. So that's how I got my foot in the door with being able to start surrounding uh, people around me that were more knowledgeable. That's a great story. I love to hear that. And by the way, this is an offer that I often get from people where people will come up to me, they'll approach me and they'll say, Victor, can I just work for you for free? And I sometimes take people up on that offer. And it's one that rarely works out because when people work for free, they typically give you the leftovers. They will prioritize the other things that they need to do to survive. And they aren't necessarily set up to you know, because after all, at the end of the day, we're running a real business with real deadlines and we've got real deliverables. And so it's very difficult to get help if it's only on a casual basis. How did you make that work? Yeah, I agree. And one thing too is 
Uh, it came down to timing for him, uh, which was perfect timing for when I approached him. I get people that ask me the same uh, the question on just about every other day. And it's it's just, I, as you alluded to, just don't see it working out. But at that time, I lived in a uh, a friend's den and had very low overhead. So at that and I had a, a business that I was doing on on the side too that was also producing some income. But on this, I was able to be entirely full time, forty plus hours. So I set myself properly, and I didn't. I wasn't in a situation to where I had multiple kids. Uh, I just had low overhead to where I could commit to uh, devote more resources. Fantastic. So fast forward to today, you've got about 600 units in the portfolio. Talk to us a little bit about the strategy and how you arrived at this particular segment that you're investing in. Yeah. So once got up to 150 single families, that was uh, very, not only the time it took to acquire all those, because a lot of those were one-off, two-off deals. It wasn't a portfolio of, let's say, 50 or 60 at a time. And then also very management intensive. So both my partner and I at the time took a look and said, "Where is some, where one? Where do we want to go? And what's even more scalable?" Uh, so that's when we looked at multifamily. And then from that, uh, we were coordinating with brokers. It wasn't working out so well with because uh, this was in 2017, so the market was heating up even more. And so we de- so we decided to go direct to owner and uh, acquired a 46 unit. Uh, just through a cold call. I love that. And so today, I mean, you said quite rightly, it's a very hot market. Uh, If something appears on the market that is at all of interest, there's typically going to be multiple offers. There's going to be a bit of an auction running on on a larger project. Apart from just making cold calls, how are you sourcing the opportunities? Yeah, so there is the cold calls, and this is what I really love about being being zero-like focus uh, in the criteria. So only looking for apartments that are market rate, so workforce housing, no luxury, no uh, subsidized rent, so Section 42. Uh, so comb all those out and then have this very niche uh, list. And then from there, there's the cold calls. But a lot of, I'd say majority of these deals that have been acquired direct to owner, they were not interested or even considering on selling. So this is where the whole sale still comes into play, even though you're buying that being in the, the, it comes down to timing, but within that is following up. So doing personal visits. Uh, one thing I love to do is send a Rubik's cube to an owner with a small note that says, Hey, let's figure this out. So there's just creative ways to stay top of mind versus just constantly calling and saying, now are you considering on selling? Now are you considering on selling? Uh, and just maneuvering uh, d- different ways to be able to be creative. Uh, Cause I believe creativity uh, follows commitment. So you're really establishing a rapport with the owners and building a relationship first before just making it transactional. That is correct. I, I even offer value base, meaning if it's a less sophisticated operator, I'll say, hey, have you considered a 1031 exchange? Or if they mention that uh, they've been looking to do some renovations on their parking lot, I will actually do the due diligence and help. Well, my team, I'll delegate to someone to do the research to find vendors to then assist them too. So yes, building relationship. And I believe if you have that relationship, that will give you the, oh, oh, the, the upper hand 
uh, over co- competitors because essentially I well we are competing with the brokers. So you have to determine a way to give you that upper hand to where they could easily list the property and get more uh, for it. You know, when you're first starting out, you probably took risks that, you know, when you look back on them now, you'd say, man, that was crazy to do that. You were probably leveraged up to your eyeballs. And now that you have more of a portfolio, you want to take a bit more of a conservative approach, protect what you have as opposed to putting the, the, the gas to the floor on every single deal. Uh, how did you make that transition or did you make that transition? Are you still taking crazy high risks? I would still say taking risk, but calculated, meaning on a, the most recent deal we closed on, that was 156 units, that the leverage on that was 70% uh, LTV. Uh, and, and then our first deal which well, I would say the second deal that we acquired, which was a fifty unit, was aggressive on that, and that was risky and it ended up uh, biting me uh, in the end. Meaning that didn't raise enough cash to take care of the uh, improvement, so ha- had to sell that property and was able to get out of it at a, a good profit. But lesson learned from that. But that was one of those deals that ended up taking a risk just to be able to to take it down. But all those were just learning lessons on the the next one to raise enough cash and to get it at a, a significant discount to where it made sense. I love that. So if you fast forward the next 12, 24 months, what do you see in your future? Uh, that is a great question. I want to be more involved with my, my whole mission that I have is just being an ideal for the individuals that are in the environment that I came from. Because when I was in that environment, I really didn't have anyone that was telling, there's only two paths, which is the the path that I took or the path to essentially just get out of the, the ghetto, as people would say, and the not so good path, which is what majority take. And I just want to be a message for those kids that, hey, there is another path, as I feel that when I was in that, that I didn't, as I go back to that, really, I, I don't know if it was some higher being or something that decided to choose me and say, hey, this is another path that you can actually take. Uh, unfortunately, my twin brother took the not so good path and is uh, facing some hard time uh, due to that. I'm sorry to hear that. So if folks want to get in touch and they want to learn more, what's the best way? Yeah, I would say the best way would to reach out uh, Sterling at sterlingwhiteofficial.com. And if you are on Bigger Pockets, I'm actually a contributor on that platform. Uh, you can uh, slot into the DM on their direct message. So again, that web address one more time was sterlingwhiteofficial.com. The email address is sterling at sterlingwhiteofficial.com. And one thing I do is I do have a book that details my whole story in more detail of the journey that I took. And it's called uh, From Zero to 400 Units. And you can get your free copy at sterlingwhiteofficial.com. Thank you, Sterling, for joining us and for sharing your story with us today. I love your story and uh, just warms my heart to hear the success that you've had because you've come from a challenging background with a lot of odds stacked against you. So congratulations on that. And definitely reach out to Sterling at sterlingwhiteofficial.com. Download his free book, Zero to 400 Units. And for the listeners at home, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.